Hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Dayton Poetry Slam podcast. Uh, in this episode, we are going back to the end of May and starting off that open mic segment from the end of May before we jump into a poetry slam, which will be in our next episode. So sit back and enjoy the open mic segment of the May... Oh, let me check the calendar here. I think that was May 16th. And uh, no, it's the May 15th episode of the Date Poetry Slam. This is the open mic segment. And again, reminder that uh, all poetry are the intellectual property of the poets unless otherwise mentioned and all rights reserved. So let's get into it. Here's the Dayton Poetry Slam, the open mic segment from the 15th of May, 2022. All right, ladies and gentlemen, trans and pans, anything else I happen to sans, are you ready for some poetry? What the fuck is that? What show is you at? Like, seriously. Like, it's like a golf clap for poets. Like, seriously? Y'all need to make some more noise. How the hell y'all doing today? All right, we'll take that one. Give it up for your first half host. It's Jonathan. <laughs> Quiet Storm is away on assignment tonight. Will she uh, be appearing via satellite then? No. Okay. No, she's filing a report somewhere else. Oh! I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> All right. Thank you all so much for coming. As Link said, y'all better be ready for poetry because we're going to fucking do it whether you are or not. And you paid money to hear poetry, so really, if you're not ready, you kind of, well, it's on you, really. All right. Um, we got this going on tonight. Coming up this, well, next weekend, technically, I guess, at this, would you consider next... Well, I mean, the, the, it's a, the whole festival is Friday and Saturday night. Correct, yes. Our segment is Friday night. That's right. And tell them what that is. Oh, we, will be a, we are a part of Sideshow 2022, or we would call it, side, I would say Sideshow 22, but there haven't been that many. So it's Sideshow 2022. And we're, we're on the main stage. We are. There are dueling main stages. For anyone concerned, that's anything like dueling banjos. It is not. Um, but we are on the main stage. We are uh, performing from 9.40 p.m. until 10.20 p.m. No, they kicked us out. Well, that'll be around 10.20 p.m. because that's when I believe Novena starts playing. I, memor I took the time to memorize the, the, the performers, but not the time that we're playing. So that's where my life's at right now. Um, we have got... Who, tell them who's all performing. <sighs> Got to pull that list out of my pocket. Hang on. I don't have that written down or memorized. I will be there hosting, and if time allows, I will also be performing. However, if time doesn't allow, I will not be performing because that's how you, you know, host a show where there are time constraints of that nature. Give me just one second. I've got to get to the notes portion, the uh, notes app on my phone here. Technology is great. I wouldn't have even had this written down anywhere that I could have gotten to it before we had phones. Tentatively performing. I say tentatively performing because they haven't actually done it yet. We have got Lane Martin, who some of you may remember from various open mic nights and slams. Link, Link remembers him from the 90s. Letitia Lachey will be performing. Brett Bartlett will be performing. Corey will be performing. Polly Lawson will be performing. Cat King. Aiden. Polly or Aiden? Or Cat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cat King will be performing. If I said that already, I apologize. Bars will be performing. Y will be performing. 
One, yeah, his, his farewell tour. Um, also, as part of us performing at Sideshow, we need four volunteers to work two-hour shifts. We currently have three signed up on the official Sideshow volunteer sign-up sheet. We need one more. Tino, did you just raise your hand to volunteer? You the best. I, and, and, and until I get home, then, then Christina's the best, but... She'll only find out I said you were the best if she watches the YouTube stream later. By the way, we're on YouTube. I do transitional material now. And those generally get updated on Monday afternoon. Sometimes it can roll into Tuesday, though. It just depends on what Link's got going on at the old homestead. Okay, that's what that is. All right, we have got seven poets signed up for the open mic tonight. We have got five poets signed up for the new shit slam. Just in case you have never been to a poetry slam before, new shit means you haven't read it on this stage before. If you've traveled out of town, honed the piece in another municipality at another slam, Thank you for your effort. It will be much appreciated by Link and I. I can't promise you the judges will give one shit, though, that you took all the time to do that. All right, we are going to go ahead and roll into the open mic portion of the evening. Since no one had the foresight to write not first next to their names, or ask me to write not, write, to write not first next to their names, basically means y'all are fair game. All right, I'm not going to call him up first because he always gets called up first. Y'all, put your hands together for Aaron MJ. All right, this one is um, uh, Mind Shit, and it is Untitled Shit. <laughs> All right. Uh, Saturday evening, I stood at Highview Park looking at the lights belonging to Carlisle Franklin in Miamisburg. Uh, my attention moved to South Butter Street and Carlisle Pike, following headlights more visible than the cars they were attached to. I knew that every one of those lights was a story. Uh, a person going to a party or a lover's house or just going home. Maybe even someone driving to get away from things or chase them. But they didn't know the bond we will forever share. They didn't know the stranger on a hill miles away watching them and hoping life wasn't being too hard on them and really hoping none of them were drunk. I drove home late that night wondering how the hell I spent so many hours watching little lights just move and how I gave so many well wishes to people whose signs of life I'll never see again. Some days life will have you furrowing your brows in confusion, and it isn't even with anything grand. Sometimes it's the timid and quiet details. Thank you. And then uh, this is someone else's shit. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, it's called uh, Instead of Killing Yourself by Derek C. Brown. Wait until a year from now where you say, holy fuck, I can't believe I was going to kill myself before I et cetera before I went skinny dipping in Tennessee or made my own IPA, tried out for a game show, rode a camel drunk, skydived alone, learned to waltz with clumsy old people, photographed uh, electric jellyfish, built a sailboat from trash, taught someone how to read, etc., etc., etc. The red washing down the bathtub can't change the color of the sea at all. Y'all, give it up one more time for Aaron MJ.
All right. If you notice Link taking pictures of you in the back of the room on his phone, he promises me that is for our Instagram account. Um, so far, all the photos have shown up on there. So, you said the quiet part loud. All right, we're going to go ahead and keep this evening moving right along. Y'all, put your hands together for your second poet of the open mic portion of the evening. Teacher! How's it going? Okay, this is called Greater Men, or something else if I change the name of it later. All that remains for me is that which restrains me. Occasional sleep, aching knees, hatred, strained breathing, perpetual daydreaming, a gray haze that stays with me and drains me of everything but angst, anger, and deranged thinking. Maybe it's this machine of gain and greed that made me. It's easier than blaming me for these great vacancies. Fake beliefs may bring great relief, but in place they leave gain green of the brain, and that's a decay I'd hate to see. Now when all of the companies have bought each other out, there will only be one job and the boss will wear a crown. One school, one government, no options, one house, one giant complex, one automated town. But I can't shake the feeling that I'm waiting on a detonation. Crossfire casualties, my ambitions and expectations. Neon atomic pastel toxic clouds of desecration. Make way for greater men. Their pride demands that we die nameless. I don't want to be online anymore. I don't want to apply anymore. I don't want to sign any forms. Fuck your terms of service. Fine print makes my eyes sore. I'm contorting my hands again with deformed and elastic skin. There's a storm in my plastic bin of 400 savage ids. Remorse and compassion mix and form this elaborate blend of horror and magic bliss. I've just poured you a glass of it. Imagine it if your thoughts burned a hole in your mattresses. If your girlfriend was a porcelain mannequin. Cause I'm no fortunate graduate. I was born in this class of thieves, whores, and mechanics. I was forged in the vast void of working class apathy. My torturous past forms a story of agony, but I adore gore and tragedy more than the mass of these silver spoon, boarding school, boring, bland, plastic sheep. But I can't shake the feeling that they're waiting on a detonation. Crossfire casualties, their ambitions and expectations Neon atomic pastel toxic clouds of desecration make way for greater men. Their pride demands that we die nameless. Work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep, die. Earn sheep, earn sheep, earn sheep, buy. Bird, meet worm, meet dirt, meet life. Work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep. Why? I hate feeling like the last sane man. Can my hand handle more than this glass cage can? Cast iron skillets, my last sane plan. Satin spider silk for my black blank mask. The bad rhyme spills that I can't take back. The mad mime feels that my handshake lacks. So he cracks my mirror. Then he stands way back and says, I'm trapped, I fear, in this vast, strange land. I hate pretty people and shiny things. They remind me of the niceties, my birthrights denying me. Car crash catharsis, cinder block, meet Ferrari, car keys, meet Armani. My sharp teeth meet Versace. Pardon me as I carve these parting art pieces into your yacht's dark, sleek body, please. Anvil weight of my honesty dropped onto all that is posh, polished, and pristine. And I can't shake the feeling that we're waiting on a detonation. 
Crossfire casualties, our ambitions and expectations. Neon atomic pastel toxic clouds of desecration make way for greater men. Their pride demands that we die shameless. Thank you. I didn't see that. What, me almost fall on my ass going up the stairs? Well, now YouTube knows. I was trying to save you from that. Hey, Jonathan. Yes, Lincoln. What are we doing on June 8th? On June 8th, there is a, we will be on the radio show Kaleidoscope, which is on with Juliet Fromhold, who Link and I have both known for... I've known Juliet since I was, like, 16 years old. So, say, I think I've known Juliet since, like, my 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Link and I have known... I, I worked at CD Connection with her. For those of you under the age of 30, a CD... It used to be a piece of plastic that you could put a whole bunch of MP3s on. I remember those. And, and I shopped at CD Connection when Juliet worked there. <clears throat> it was such a cake job. It was great. Plus, I know Baron for I've known the Baron for years. So okay, Baron von Porkchop. Yes. Ah, yes. From my days working with Doctor Creep and uh, you know, and all those wonderful little horror hosts. And Andy Cop and all those folk. Yeah. Okay. Oh, if you guys. Uh, <laughs> We never, I never actually told anybody how they could listen to Kaleidoscope. I just told Nin, them that we... 97.3 WYSO. I thought it... Yeah, is it 97 or 91? 91, sorry. 97.3 is the oldie station I volunteer for in Huber. Or you can and, and because they want to cut off the power every time we say it, this is NPR. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean... So if you guys don't want to hang out in your car the entire time we're on the air, if you want to listen to us, you can listen on your phone because it's 2022 now. I, it, it, is it still weird that it's 2022? I thought it was 2020. No, it's 2022 it. also. Shit. 2022, the sequel. The next poet, in what apparently is just me going straight down the list for the first time in years, y'all, put your hands together for Morgan! don't read my own shit. In fact, I never read my own shit. Because up until recently, I didn't have any shit. Um, so I have a couple of my own things. This one, I actually found in a notebook from like 2018. And I only like, I only this much remember writing it. So it's probably mine. <laughs> it's untitled. <laughs> True. Um, I love watching humans Intricate personalities cobbled together from diminutive pebbles of experience. No two the same, no two singularly unique. You wear your heart on your sleeve, which was ripped by your stepbrother in a seemingly harmless tussle. A tattoo to honor your mother, a chipped tooth from a leapfrog accident in middle school, a hair tie on your wrist so you can tie back the curtain when the time comes to focus. Nails painted black because it's easy to fill in with Sharpie when they chip. You wear a fish t-shirt, not because you are a fan or even listen to the band, but it's because you kept it when he left you. Every time you wear it marks a triumph in your mind, the one thing he didn't take from you. And humans, they always take, don't they? Always drain. How is it that they drain me, pilfer my soul every damn day, and still enchant me so, fill me with wonder and hope? How can I find us so revolting and incredibly charming in tandem. Dichotomy indeed. Nice. 
And then, this is something that I wrote when I was like manic and drunk on wine. Um, so I think it's unfinished. Maybe it is finished and I haven't come to terms with that yet. Um, this is called Ode to the Random Number Generator. They say it was because of my strict upbringing, they being not therapists, not professionals, but the few friends to whom I have divulged the details of my affliction. My affliction being my paralyzing, all-consuming inability to make any decision ever. To some, this may sound more like acute inconvenience, summoning images of couples arguing over where to get dinner, the meme of the boyfriend who tapes names of restaurants to a C and say so that fate could choose their quick service meal of the evening. The cow says McDonald's. There is nothing cute about my daily inability to decide which socks I will wear, which direction to turn while on a jog, which tea or coffee I will drink in the morning, which store I will buy my face lotion from. I am wholly codependent on my random number generator. Random.org, you complete me. You select what activities I will partake in, which book I will read next. You are summoned under the table to decide which chef special I will dine on this evening and disappear while my date is none the wiser. You likely chose my outfit for tonight, or at least my shoes, my necklace, which beer I am drinking from the tap. Sometimes you help me decide whether I should cancel my plans or dye my hair rainbow. Odds are no, evens are yes, take a chance, flip a coin, now you get it. They say it was because of my strict upbringing. I was not allowed to make my own decisions until I was an adult and then suddenly I was handed the reins. No instruction, no training. One day I am commanded which shampoo I can use, which foods I will eat, which movies I may watch. The next, I am told to choose from a course catalog to determine my whole future. A girl could crumble under that kind of pressure. Yeah. Thank you. Hey Morgan, wait, wait. Don't you have a podcast? You guys know we have a podcast. Um, the wonderful Aisha, whose awesome poetry you will hear during the slam, and I co-host a podcast called Goodreads Better Friends. It's about books and other things that we like. And uh, we have lots of guests on. We've had Link before. We've had um, Letitia. And we recently recorded a poetry podcast where we had uh, some local poets send in awesome recordings of themselves reading poetry. And we'll have that released soon. When we do, we will post it on all of our socials. Just follow us at Goodreads Better Friends on Twitter or Instagram or however you like to do things. Uh, thank you. Bye. Give it up one more time for Morgan, y'all. Morgan, I'd nearly, um, I'd nearly blocked all memories of jam bands ever existing from my brain, and then you had to go and talk about fish on the microphone. Dude, I fucking hate jam bands. <laughs> like, not as passionately as I did when I was significantly younger, but yeah, like, like, I dig the Grateful Dead, but like, but like people are like, oh man, Orr's the greatest band ever. Nah, man. <gasps> nah. Orr is like, Orr is like fish for people that can't get into fish for whatever reason. For a genre I claim to disavow, I certainly seem capable of analyzing it fairly well, don't I? You ran a college radio station, yeah. Yeah, and I guess I worked at a record store, too. So, hey, speaking of podcasts... Yeah. I was just recently a host on the Discover Dayton podcast. How'd that go? It went fantastically. Did so you discover anything about Dayton? No, but they discovered me. So Dayton hadn't discovered you yet? Apparently not. <laughs> 18 years wasn't long enough. Um, but uh, that show, I think, will be out sometime this week. So awesome. Check, check our social medias. I'll have it all over. Two podcasts in one week and a radio show next month. We're doing all right. All right, y'all, we are going to keep this moving right along. Coming up next to the mic, y'all, put your hands together for Sydney. 
Okay, can we hear me? Yes. Okay. Don't do that. Can it go, how can I make it go down? Like a little. <laughs> okay, I mean, that's better. Thank you. Okay. I have two. The first one is a little darker, so I'll do that first. Okay. It doesn't have a title. Okay. Thank you. The blankets hand-sewn from my grandmother, a door down, could be freshly laid from the dryer, warm. The fan could run, incense could burn, I could fall asleep to my favorite smell. I'm not sure what it's called, but it's a little bit of pumpkin and a little bit of fresh spring. Rain and grass and a bonfire. My lamp could invite the bugs to buzz on the window by my bed all night long. I will still wake up in the middle of the night looking around the room bleeding in sweat. I know I do better when I do better, but sometimes strength is on the tip of my tongue and I can't remember the words. Glass box, origami. Fold yourself until you cannot breathe. Feel your legs on your neck, there is so much of you. Tie a ribbon around your thighs and your torso, place you on your head, glue a bow to your mouth so it's pretty like it was intended to be shut and silent. Don't be so transparent. Don't you remember how much you have to lose? Don't you remember how much you lost the last time? The glass is delicate, but it will always still cut when it breaks. The box will fold and the ribbon will hold it. It can always be undone. That is what she tells me. But if the glass box tied so tight, I can hear my bones starting to shift is in the hands of another who is ready to tape your eyes closed and paint you a new picture of reality. If I could free myself, do you not think my bones would be broken? I'm not opposed to running on broken bones blind, but you are asking a lot of me to find the words on the tip of my tongue, tear my lips apart from glue, cut myself a thousand times on what has held me the closest, untie what has kept me so together. What if I have forgotten how to speak? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I cannot run fast enough? What if my body does not feel like mine? What if the next time it is not a glass box, it is oak? and it is metal and it is six feet below the ground and they still tell all the stories of everything I'm not. There's no dirt to swallow to bloom and even if there was, they would never let me grow so wildly. I will be theirs whether I am small in their hands or dead below their feet, I will be theirs. There is no alternative, I am not a butterfly in a greenhouse waiting for the door to open. There is no world in which I fly away far out of reach and am free. There is only hiding and suffering. And once they convince the world that I am just ill, that I need to be restrained for my own good, I will have nothing again, so tell me what is the difference? I have lived both, and there is a quiet in the box, a warmth in being held, and it starts to feel like love. Thank you. Okay, this one's not as that, okay. <laughs> okay. I wanna write something happy without taking it in my hands and watching it either become a threshold for relapse or disintegrate into sand. I wanna write about Freeport, Florida where I watched a sunset in the water laying flat on a boogie board by myself. Way too old for a boogie board. The water is warm. And I smile as fish bite the dead skin from my feet. In writing this, I have a memory of my dad. It's the first time I learn I like watching fish bite my feet, watching them bite his, and he doesn't kick them away. This has no further meaning. I don't take that image as evidence that letting someone hungry rob you of your own flesh is mutually beneficial. This stanza never appears in a poem where I romanticize my past abuse. It lives here as a cute memory from a kid that interpreted fish bouncing around and tickling grounded feet as a part of life that was silly and beautiful. My nail polish on my fingers that have wrinkled slowly chips. 
as my hands on the board float, rise and fall out of the rhythm of the tides and the current. I watch as the sun kisses people, takes their life away just for a second, turns them into ghosts. The water is a mirror. It reflects a past lover saying I love you in the sky to someone somewhere who misses them just a little extra today. It is so graceful that time does not exist. Hate does not exist here. Loss, obligations to find a way to survive through the anxiety of literally just trying to survive through a vicious cycle of losing the fucking point and greed dressed up in false hopes to keep you in line waiting for a day that never comes. Do you see me slipping in and out of the memory? What I meant to say was, it all means nothing here in Freeport, where the waves are bigger than in Panama where I felt a world in which we were all simply light from the sun, where we, were our, where we were all stars from the sky, our own light beams reflecting on the mirror of the ocean. It is love. It is solitude. It is serene. It is a thesaurus for bliss, for silence when you didn't know you could feel quietness. It feels like what I imagine happens after you die, a peaceful nothingness, but it's more than that because it feels like coming home. Thank you. Y'all, give it up one more time for Sydney. All right, we are going to keep this evening moving right along. We've got, we are actually halfway through the open mic portion of the evening. After we're done with that, we will have a, at least one round of the slam, maybe two, and then we'll probably take a break or something. Well, I got to get judges too. Oh, uh, we do have to get judges. Um, but we only have what four people slamming. We are now up to one, two, three, four. Hang on. Seven. Seven. Ooh. Seven people. So seven four, and then uh, head to head. Seven four two. Seven four two. Love it. Unless we end up with like a five-way tie or something, which has happened before. All right, y'all, we are going to keep the evening moving right along. In a deviation from my initial plan for the evening, which was just to continue going down the list, we're going to call up somebody we have not seen in a little while, but we're glad to have him back. Y'all, put your hands together for Zach! I used to know him. Until I changed my identity to an anime boy. Kaz. <laughs> yeah, Kaz. Holy shit, I'm alive. I'm back from the dead. In my heart, yes. Evan has cookies at his house that I could potentially bring for you eventually. But Evan's too tired to come because he was playing a board game that took eight fucking hours today. I don't know how that happens, but that's a thing. Well, I'm going to eat one at home then. I got Chips Ahoy waiting. Well, where are my poems? Which of these to do first? Let's see. I know there's uh, some new faces in the crowd that I've not seen. Nice to meet you. I was gone forever because I'm a sickly boy who has lots of issues. And that's what I wrote about because happy, wholesome content. Poem number one is... Uh, Jesus, I, apparently I wrote this last year. Time flies. Haven't read it yet. Uh, machine is poem number one. I am machine. The circuits and wires, tangled veins and vessels in clotted knots. The tired gears greased with blood and sleep. Corporeal clockwork dressed up in skin and nice clothes. Smoke frantically sputtering from its pipes when it's in need of refueling. It usually recognizes itself. It usually smiles. And when it doesn't, it goes inwards. Machine with a soul, machine with a memory, and the ability to dream like everything else does. It is here that steel-cold flesh can become warm again. It is here that pain exists in metaphor only. 
chamber of frozen time constructed in the depths of consciousness. I am reminded of my youth. I am reminded of the passing of time. I know that we do not end. Nothing ever really ends. What we will leave behind is more than a legacy of anguish. And still, here among the living, the automatron must march on through fields of pills and needles, murky waters of uncertainty, stains of red and the wine to match it, to help forget. Lifelessly, it chugs and churns, dragging itself along to safe and familiar places, places where it may no longer feel so powerless, where the pain it felt was pain resultant of choices, mistakes, avoidable things that hurt all the same. Tangible regret and wonder, bundled up in tiny immortal spaces, known only to this pitiful creature and the ghosts with which it forged such solitude. The machine knows, of course, that it is more than pain, more than sickness, more than what-ifs, but it is a machine all the same, built and programmed with a particular response to stress, to trauma. Some days it just cycles through the motions, it does what it must until its parts move in sync again, until it can recognize itself and smile, whereupon the people that meet it will be shocked to know that a machine so damaged can still run so well. Maybe they won't even notice. Thank you. Poem number two is very new shit that I wrote today in the bathtub. <laughs> Hey, listen, I, I love taking baths. Don't, don't sleep on taking a bath, folks. I, I guess it's good for me, but I digress. <laughs> so yeah, new untitled shit. Red. Red cell, red prison. All that I see, red. Paint the skies with my blood. Watch it trickle through the clouds in the sunlight. Little crimson raindrops tiptoeing across the horizon, coagulating the waters. A hue of despair splashed upon a beautiful canvas, and still it is beautiful. There are times when the walls begin to close in on me. Temple of rot, holding strong through the night so that it doesn't collapse, so that it may stand for another day, rotten within, but still a temple. And as I pace and fumble through the dark, I fear if there is enough of me. Enough of me to share, enough of me to last. Fear beguiling, for this temple has yet to crumble completely, and my pain, the meticulous artist, oft gives form to misplaced foreboding. Sleepless seedbed in the festering scarlet garden, my veins its roots, from whence a wicked brood of despondence gestates quietly, stirring every now and then. Black flowers to which I must tend. I am neither here nor there, nor anywhere, in fact. Prince of death, coiled in silken robes called hunger and fatigue, seated upon a noxious, dreamless throne, encumbered with the arduous burden of keeping his head up and seeing the sun again in the wake of Promethean suffering. And as I slip in and out of this dissociative haze, the ghoul in the mirror says we are not the same forever. I find comfort and solace in this beastly reflection, for it is correct. The day shall come where its face haunts me no longer. An illusory life can be made absolute when the agony is finally washed away. And so the prince tends to his garden, ensuring that each seed may blossom into something stunning. Blight turned beautiful, death turned delicate, and the sanguine rivers shall quench their unceasing thirst. Thank you. <laughs> Shameless self-promo since everybody else did it. My best friend Evan's not here, but we have a YouTube show called Kinda Well Done. It's like video game comedy shit. We're also on Twitch, so hit me up if you care about that stuff. Yeehaw. Video game comedy shit. Thank you. <laughs> Y'all keep it going for Zach. I realized I forgot to mention something earlier when I was talking about Sideshow. We are performing on Friday, but Sideshow's also on Saturday. There will be bands basically all afternoon and well into the evening. There'll also be visual art in the gallery. And hey, Link, how much are they charging people to get into Sideshow this year? 
They're charging absolutely nothing! As they never have. Food and drink will cost you money, but that's only to be expected. That's so reasonable. Also, we've got the new shit slam tonight. However, we're going to have a fun summer coming up next in next month in June. We're doing the cover slam. You can read other people's poems. You can read song lyrics. Uh, you can read the ingredients in a fruit roll-up if you want to. I can't promise you you'll get a lot of points for it, but... Um, I don't know. There's a lot of so- syllables in some of those ingredients. Um, yeah, but, you know, if, if you, like, found, like, someone's ravings just on the street as you were walking here, you can read those. Maybe look over them a little bit first, make sure there's nothing too crazy in there. But, but, but the seriously fun slam is in July. That's right, it is. Several years ago, I built a sock puppet stage, and... It's still in my garage, which means I haven't gotten rid of it, which means we should use it again, right? So we're going to do a sock puppet slam. It's like a regular poetry slam, except you read your poems with a sock on your hand in the character of the sock. If you're like, I don't want to wash socks, good news. You're the one putting them on your hand. You don't have to. Um, I read a uh, poem the last time we did the sock puppet slam, which Link was out of town for. Um, from the point of view of a uh, 14-year-old boy's uh, gym sock. Use your imagination, folks. <laughs> um, someone built a robotic sock. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, I'm still not entirely sure if it was actually a sock, but it was amazing. Oh, that's right. It sounded like a Mr. Spell. For those of you that have never used a Mr. Spell, if you've seen the movie E.T., it is the thing that they... Uh, th- yeah, it's a C.N. Spell. Is that what they're called? I thought they were called Mr. Spell. Oh. Okay. That's back. Does the movie make you sad, Link? In all honesty, the biggest, as big of a movie buff as I am, yes. I can count on one hand how many times I've seen E.T. I've seen E.T. several times. And, and I can tell you with no fingers how many times I will watch E.T. again in the future. I watched E.T. several times one summer when I read a very convincing essay that E.T. was Steven Spielberg attempting to retell the story of Christ through a modern science fiction film. That's almost as good as the doctorate dissertation I helped edit that Peter Pan was really the angel of death for children. That's think, deep shit, man. Think, I mean, like, think like, about it. Like, I, uh, was, I it, was it better that, was it as good as dogs is better than cats? <laughs> Peter Pan, as, I'd believe that. That's, um, that's believable. Just come with me. I'll sprinkle this magic dust on you and fly out the window to me to a never-never land where you'll never grow old. You'll always have adventures. I mean, like, like if you think about death in the, um, neo, the neo-traditionalist Blue Oyster cult theorem, um, came the last night of the sadness. It was clear she couldn't go on. The windows blew and then he appeared saying, don't be afraid, and she went to him. I still need more cowbell. Let's get on with it. Fine. But only because I don't have a cowbell. Y'all, put your hands together for your next poet up to the mic, leader of the X-Men, Brave Nate! If you've never listened to the theme song to the 90s animated X-Men cartoon, do it yourself a favor and do it. How y'all doing? Uh, This poem is titled, Leave That Man Alone. Hey, young lady, what's wrong with you? Why do you keep on putting up with his mess when you really don't have to? It would seem to many that you're the man of the house. It would seem to many that that clown needs to wear the blouse. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb 
girl, I bet you taking care of him. I'm not the only one that thinks this, but even God thinks it's out of order when a sorry brother is being taken care of by one of his daughters. You better leave that man alone, I'm telling you. He's a salesman, young lady. Don't buy what he's selling you. Now, if you value your life, you better run for your life. He don't want you for no wife. He ain't going to do nothing but complicate your life. What's it going to take for you to realize he's fake? Girl, your life is at stake. Staying with him is a big mistake. And so what? He didn't bought you some clothes. Tomorrow, he'll be calling you all kinds of hoes. He's messing around right now with only the Lord knows. Now, remember when y'all got into that fight last year at the club? Didn't he almost break your nose? In y'all's relationship, you the only one that's lonely. He neglects you. He ain't trying to protect you. He don't know nothing himself, so he won't be able to correct you. Y'all's relationship is like dirt and water. I think God wants better for his daughter. Now, you the one to blame for having his stuff in your name. You better, you're going to mess up your good credit. Yeah, I said it. Now, I call him a crook, but that ain't what you want to call it. He's like Capital One because he likes asking, what's in your wallet? You better get away from that man. You better run while you can. Now, you mean to tell me you take a risk on getting killed because he only helps pay a couple of bills? How many times have you caught him being unfaithful? The relationship y'all share is no good. It's just plain hateful. You better leave that man alone. You better force that man on up out of your home. You better leave that man alone because the boy is hot. He's going to mess around and get you shot. He's going to end up taking you for all you got. Now... If he don't end up getting you, one of his baby mamas just might end up hitting you. Take my advice, girl, and please don't think twice. Leave that man alone. Thank you. Y'all, put your hands together one more time for Brave Nate. Link, we've come to your favorite part of the open mic. Is it, is it finally? It is. It's time for the penultimate poet of the open mic. Woohoo! Link's favorite word. It is Link's favorite word. My favorite word is anti-disestablishmentarianism. I love that I've turned penultimate into, into my, like, that's my catchphrase. So, funny story about what I just said. Freshman, English 101, freshman year English at Wright State. The English professor asks us, no, no, it was Jimmy Cheshire. Yes. Um, and he asks us, what's your favorite word? And I say anti-disestablishmentarianism. For those of you that don't know what it means, it's those who are against those that are against the state. I thought the word sounded cool. Um, at the time, I had a much more outwardly rebellious appearance than I do now. And um, some guy who I think only learned three letters of the Greek alphabet the entire time he was in college um, made some smart-ass comment and then threw a shoe at me. So that's where he was at freshman year of college, throwing shoes at people. Who throws a shoe? He Honestly. I kept it. Like... I kept it till the end of class, and I looked, I looked, uh, we, call, we could call him Mr. Jimmy. I looked Mr. Jimmy straight in the eye. I'm like, dude, I'm keeping this. He gave it to me, right? And he's like, that's how I see it. And these were, these were not cheap shoes. These were Jordans, and he's just throwing Jordans. He's a freshman, and God, I wish I had throwing Jordans at people money. Now, I'd be happy with that amount of money now. You know what else I think y'all would be happy with right now if we went ahead and called the next poet up here? Y'all, put your hands together for Cat King! That's close enough. Hi, my name is Cat King. Um, my social media is at CreativeCat74, and I've got one piece that I'm going to be sharing with you here. When you say there won't be a next time and I say there shouldn't have been a first time, why am I the one at fault? Like I wasn't the one already not enough, like I wasn't the one giving it my all, all my energy, my time, and my loyalty. 
But where is loyalty three hours away when you remember you have a girl back home and you still pick up the phone and do what you would never want me to do? Yet I'm the one to blame. The double standards double every day, and you keep trying to convince me that two plus two is five. But I got news for you, baby. I wasn't born yesterday. Two plus two is four, and before you try to belittle me and tell me I'm wrong, we both know this time it was you. I wasn't perfect, but I gave it my all, and that's all I asked of you. And what you asked of me, respect, love, and loyalty, where was that? Loyalty? LOL, because you sure weren't out here being loyal to me. But anyway, don't hit me up. There won't be a next time. And I really wish it would have been a lot different the first time. Thank you. Y'all, put your hands together one more time for Cat King. Lincoln, you may remember just a few minutes ago when I said that Cat King was the penultimate poet of the evening. I mean, I wasn't a liar at the time. Um, what had happened was I misunderstood the number of poets we were going to have sign up after the penultimate poet. You realize that every teacher knows whenever you start a phrase with, you know what had happened was, the rest is bullshit. Um, you know that everybody that was living in this country from the year 2000 till 2008 knows that if you use the word misunderestimated, you're talking bullshit too, right? <laughs> All right, y'all, we got two poets left. Unless someone else, this is the tentative penultimate poet of the open mic round. Y'all, put your hands together for Sweet Deuces! Did I completely fuck that up? The title of this poem is Vending Machine. I am a fat girl and I'm upset because they gentrified the vending machine at my job, so I wrote a poem about it. <laughs> Thank you, right, as I should. All right, so, I think I'm related to Homer Simpson. <laughs> Don't laugh! <laughs> I think I'm related to Homer Simpson because at the beginning of this year, I put a request into the universe to lose weight. And the bitch has such a sense of humor, she gentrified the vending machines at my job. I am both extremely pissed off and grateful. Every time I go to the vending machine, I see absolutely nothing that I want. But it took me a few times to figure it out. Like a fat kid in need of a cake, I kept touching the stove like, nah, it's not hot. On the first try, I was in denial. A $3 protein cookie. A protein cookie is like turkey bacon perpetrating as pork. Basically, it's health food pretending to be snacks. Yep. It's cruelty to fat people. <laughs> and it's unconstitutional. But I still, I still didn't learn. In need of a sugar fix, my second try was a protein chip bag. Protein chip bag, right? Okay, well... <sighs> Don't laugh, that's not funny, this is my life. I'm dead ass serious. <laughs> Which is actually just in a bag. Just more cruelty 
an unusual punishment to fat people. I paid $3 and I am addicted to sugar and I know it. So I rolled this fake blunt of oregano thinking that it will satisfy me, right? The high I really wanted was not there. Poured into a line I wish I could possibly lick off the floor. It was like, oh my God. <laughs> Don't laugh, I'm not funny, I'm serious right now. Okay. <laughs> so like <laughs> sweet ain't sweet ain't my name for no reason. The last strike was when they asked me for two dollars and twenty-five cents for a part tart. Not two part tarts, but a part tart. Two dollars and twenty-five cents for a fucking part tart. <laughs> My bad, I'm sorry, I digress. This is not therapy. Okay, so, like, for, so, I stare at the vending machines now, and I'm not bullshitting, like, three to four times out of the night, I just stand in front of the vending machines and just stare at them, looking at protein chips and, like, $2.25 Welchip grapes gummies and all the other bullshit nobody's gonna fucking buy because but anyways, I digress because they make money off of fat people. So <laughs> they make money off of fat people, right? So I stare at the vending machine at the shit I refuse to buy. A, because it's overpriced. B, because it's nasty. C, because I shouldn't be eating it in no way, right? Thank you, universe. Have I haven't, don't laugh at me, but I have enough to laugh at. I know I work in a, I work in a hospital. No bullshit to everybody. I work in a fucking hospital. But if we all ate healthy, I would have no job at all, right? Yeah. <laughs> I would have no job at all. So being fat is a privilege, not a right. And if everybody got healthy, I would be out of a fucking job. So I don't understand the logic. I want ruffles, not in a bag. <laughs> I want ruffles. It's not fair to me. It's not even the flavor, right? It's the texture. And only fat people would understand what I'm talking about. Don't laugh because y'all understand what I'm talking about. And guess what? If you skinny, just because you skinny don't mean you not a fat person at heart. It's the texture, what I'm talking about. So... <laughs> <laughs> on the other, so here's the fucked up part about all of this bullshit. On the other side of the hospital, there is a vending machine in the basement on the bottom floor, not by the stairs. You know, I mean, not by the elevator, it's by the stairs. There is one fucking vending machine in the whole hospital of five floors and seven fucking stairwells. There's one vending machine that still serves unhealthy food on the bottom level by the stairs because <laughs> you won't have to exercise if you want your unhealthy food. That shit ain't fair. Y'all might look at me like I'm bullshitting, but I swear I'm not bullshitting. This is real shit. I think they looking at me through the fucking, fucking, fucking cameras. Like, look at her fat ass. 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 Um, but I digress. I'm back to my poetry. Um, I am a food connoisseur, not a fat ass. And I think they are being mean to me because there is still one unhealthy vending machine on the other side of the hospital in the basement, not by the elevator, so I have to exercise if I want to eat unhealthy. My many demons, <laughs> my many demons if I want to eat unhealthy. So I'm fucking Amy, correction. I'm hangry, I want a Twix. With all the bullshit I take on this job, I think there should be candy dishes on every corner of this building. Every time I greet a patient, it should be like, hey, bitch, you deserve Skittles. As many super... <laughs> That's not funny. As my, as, my, as my supervisor asks me the same question for the millionth fucking time in my brain, I got snickers on my mind. I'm hungry and I'm sick of waiting until my lunch break. I appreciate you helping me, universe, but I am upset that the vending machines are now gentrified but I have to say thank you 
for helping me, helping a bitch drop down the side. Give it up one more time for Sweet Deuces. <laughs> Who remains the penultimate poet of the open mic night? Portion of the evening, rather. All right, y'all, we got one poet left in the evening. Y'all, put your hands together. Final poet of the open mic round, Arian Garden! Okay, so this is actually, I'm sorry, I'm short. Okay, so this is actually my first poet. I haven't wrote a poem before, never been on stage before. Yes, yes. But I just thought it was awesome to do a poem, because I used to do music, so it fit hand in hand. But this poem is a poem that I wrote to me. Uh, it's me talking to myself. I know that's weird, but I'm sure everybody talks to themselves. So here it goes. Um, okay. <sighs> hey, Arian. And my name is Arian, by the way. But hey, Arian. Now, I don't know you as much as I should. Being that I am you, but Arian, you really gotta get your shit together. <laughs> like, like how you, how you brag and boast, put on your diamonds and gold to flex on an Instagram post to your peers and folks about how you living successful, but in reality, all you do is drink and smoke. Hmm. Now, I mean, you could lie to your peoples if you want, if that helps. But Arian, you can't lie to yourself. Now, and don't get me wrong, I'm proud of the fact that you, you taking care of your son, you paying your bills, you getting girls, and you getting sprung. <laughs> but deep down inside, that's not what you really want. Nah, I know, it's hard, trust me. I understand, but that's life. That's something you need to understand. You was made to be rich. You was made to learn how to drive an automatic, but went ahead and bought a car with a stick shift, <laughs> okay? You was made to work in a hotel lobby. I'm sorry, no I wasn't. You was made to walk in a hotel lobby and have fans ask for a quick pick. You was made to walk outside and look different from everybody. You was made to be that person who have to hide their face from the paparazzi. And to be honest, when it comes to fiancés, out of all the guys in the world, you was made to marry Ariana Grande. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But Arian, it's time to focus. Okay? It's time to stop letting people in your life that are hopeless. 
It's time, it's time to set a border. It's time to start investing every nickel and dime instead of calling your drug dealer asking for a quarter. <laughs> and to the people out there with a camera, please don't have that part on a recorder. But Arian, you're a great man, to say the least. You're everything a woman wants and everything a man wanna be. And that's pretty cool. But if it's time for anything, Arian, it's time to be you. Thank you. Y'all put your hands together one more time for Arian Garden. All right, we are done with the open mic portion of the evening, which means we are going to be rolling into the slam portion of the evening. Before we get judges, though, I want to let y'all know, if you want pizza, they're getting ready to close here in like 15 minutes. So if you still want pizza, go order it now. With that in mind, we are getting ready to do a slam. We need judges for the slam. If so, the IRS is hiring. Oh wait, this is gonna go on the internet. Y'all do good work, IRS. Well, let's go ahead and cut this short before Jonathan gets audited by the IRS. And thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dayton Poetry Slam podcast. Again, just a reminder that all poets or all poems are the intellectual property of the performers, unless otherwise stated. Uh, and please come join us live at Yellow Cab Tavern, 700 East 4th Street in downtown Dayton, the first and third Sunday of every month. Check out our website, DaytonPoetrySlam.com, for more information, upcoming shows, our merchandise store, and our reading links. And then also check us out all over social media. Uh, that is Dayton Poetry Slam on Facebook and Instagram, and at Slam Dayton on Twitter provided that Twitter still exists when you're listening to this show. If not, take a look at our website, DaytonPoetrySlam.com. Well, until the next time we meet, I will talk with you soon. Don't do anything I would if you do hold out for six mil in a helicopter. Until next time for the Dayton Poetry Slam podcast. <laughs>